1: The Cincinnati Reds and where they currently are in relation to the standings is very similar to a recent Reds team that was all in. I'm going to tell you who on today's Locked On Reds.
2: You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: You are locked. On Reds, Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms, including right here on YouTube, where we are live. Thanks for being here with us. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. He's your host, Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the cincinnati reds we have taken our love of the game our passion for baseball and we have turned that passion into information for you we want to thank those of you who listen every day if you are an everydayer thank you so much Uh, we've been enjoying so much seeing your comments in the comment section about when you started being a cincinnati reds fan Uh, it's been great hearing from you folks on twitter keep it up. Uh, so if you're here today for the first time, or if you're an everydayer and you haven't told us yet, let us know in the comment section or over on Twitter on today's podcast, Jeff is going to be making a comparison between the current Cincinnati Reds team and a team that was, as they say, all in, I kind of, he listen. he hasn't told me about this guy. So I kind of am as interested and in, on the edge of my seat as you are to find out where exactly he's going with this. Uh, we are also going to do a quick preview about the reds uh hopefully uh, bashing a kid making his major league debut for the miami marlins uh can't wait to hear about that and then of course we are going to be taking your comments and questions for the rest of the show which is as i always tell you guys my favorite part of doing these lives so jeff i think the place to start is with this mystery comparison that you have teed up for us
1: yeah, absolutely. I, uh, Steve, this is something I was looking at uh, the other day, and and this absolutely struck me because somebody asked me the question: When was the last time the Reds were under five games out of first place in the NL Central? So you know, four and a half. They're four and a half games out of first place in the NL Central right now, and I'm like, oh man, it's got to be a while, doesn't it? So I went back and I looked. The last time. The Cincinnati Reds were this close to first place in the NL Central. Nick Castellanos patrolled right field. Jesse Winker was in left. You still had Suarez at third. And you had the wonderfulness of Sonny Gray and Tyler Malley still in the rotation. Because it was 2021. They were actually this close. And yes, I'm not saying that, wow, it's been a long time. What I'm saying is, they were trying in 2021. They were all in in 2021. And this is really a referendum on how bad the NL Central is that the Reds right now, one of the most inconsistent teams in baseball, are four and a half games out of first place in their division. There's a shot that not only could the Reds call up the youngsters and start moving toward the plan of what this year should be and like figuring out who the core of this team is moving forward but that could also coincide with competing you know if you've been listening to the
3: show for any period of time uh, you know that jeff and i have both said that this team could actually stumble its way into relevancy this season and <laughs> this is a product of that combine some guys on the reds overachieving combine some of the players on the current active roster uh, really starting to figure it out with the fact that the National League Central is as bad as you say, listen. Yeah. This listen, we're going to be honest about this. This division is going to come down to uh, you know who wants to lose the least versus who wants to <laughs> yeah. win. It's not. It's not really that big of a competition as far as uh, somebody assembling a playoff roster. Whoever
1: so the, wins uh, this division is going to be the underdog in their playoff series. We'll put absolutely one hundred
3: percent. You know, I, I know because of the seeding with the division winners. You know uh the national league central winner will be seated higher than the wild card guys, but don't read a whole lot into that. This is a this is a tough division to be in this yeah. year. But listen, Jeff, I, I'm with you that there is a real opportunity. It's it's what we've been saying all along. And you know, I already see from the comments, I see from the things we've been seeing on Twitter, you know, everybody is chomping at the bit for this team to make just a few moves with the youngsters yeah. in order to to get to a, a position of competition. And, you know, I'm right there with it too. There's a lot of head scratching going on about what the Reds are doing and why they're not, you know, shifting into the next year.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because this whole comparison was born of the fact that I was just feeling good after that series, right? I was down at the ballpark. I was there for the shutout. I went into the ballpark thinking, oh, my goodness, let's just – let's not get killed. Let's make it close because a bullpen day sounds like death. But they were just phenomenal and proved me completely wrong on that. And, and I started thinking about it. And I'm like, why are we sitting here? Like, obviously we started the season and said, okay, the Reds aren't really trying to compete for anything. But if someone's going to lay it in your lap and say, please take it then why on earth are we just going to sit here and say, nah, 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 we're good. We weren't trying for this this year. We did, you know, like it, it'd be like somebody giving you the Christmas present that you wanted, but you figured nobody was going to get you open it up and be like, nah, take this back. I can't take this right now.
3: You know, it's uh there's a lot of speculation, Jeff, about why they haven't made any moves. Uh, some people have very interesting theories. We just simply don't know. Nick Crawl has not told us anything about his plan other than he has a plan. Right. Uh, I've, I've talked to a couple guys privately. I mean, you and I have talked about this. There's, there's some speculation that Nick Crawl just has a timeline in his head, and that could be based on some of these Super 2 numbers. It may not. It may be. We don't know. Uh, but we do know that Nick Crow has his plan, and the speculation is that there is nothing that Nick Crow is going to do to deviate from his plan no matter what the prospects do. So if his plan says that the first guy gets called up mid-june it doesn't matter that ellie de la cruz matt mcclain and ces are bashing the ball he's not calling somebody up till mid-june and i don't know whether to be mad about that or commend him for sticking to his guns because i mean again we don't know the whole plan and we don't know the financial constraints that he's trying to navigate but man it sure would be fun to just go
1: out and crush everybody it's it's funny because i feel like most of the time You know, we talked about this in the off season that Nick crawl has a good plan and I still think it's a good plan, but I almost wonder if he doesn't need to tweak it a little bit. And, and usually, and and when I say most of the time, usually when we see plans like this, the first thing we want to do is figure out why it's not going to work well right now it's working so well that we kind of want it to speed up a little bit. And we're just like, let, let's get this going. Right? Like I've seen some people talking about, well, contractually, they, they're going to save money if they wait till June to call anybody up. And, and there's this and that. And I'm like, okay, that's probably what he's waiting for. But if we're worried about contracts down the road, like we were worried about Nixon's Zell's contract down the road, whenever they waited to call him up, then there's going to be all of this. Like, we don't know. For a fact that it's even gonna be a problem that they have these contract issues later on the season, so I think it's weird that we're focused on what would it be 2028, 2029 right now because let's face it, we haven't done anything in the last really 10 years to warrant saying, let's, let's slow play this. We need to figure this out. We need to get this going. We need to start it up because the Mets series just really showcased why this team is not as bad as the, the naysayers and and the pessimists here in our wonderful city that has turned uh, sports fans into pessimists uh, that they've been saying, this team is much better than they thought. You know, and there's one other piece of this, and I and I
3: want to be fair to Nick Craw because you and I have spent a lot of time praising moves that he's mm-hmm. made and things that he's done, and I think it's probably important, Jeff, to at least acknowledge the fact that we've always said, "Look at what a great job he's done considering the constraints that ownership has put on him." What we don't know is if. Phil Castellini is weighing in on this whole super two situation. We don't know if Nick crawl has been told he has to avoid super two status with these prospects as they come up. If you look at it through that lens, that seems to be exactly what's happening again. That's pure speculation. Nick crawl's not going to come out and tell us, well, Phil said, I can't do it. We'll never ever hear that. But I'm just really trying to find a way to make it all make sense because to be truly competing, to be truly trying to put the best team on the field, Matt McClain here tomorrow makes this team better. It's an upgrade immediately with what he's doing. L.A. De La Cruz is, is probably almost right there as well. If you've seen any of his pop up home runs over the last two weeks, uh, that, plays so well, that plays well at a humidified Great American ballpark. I'm just saying, you know, that guy is going to be crushing the ball. So this team gets instantly better. So I, I, I'm not sure what the financial constraints are because the, the whole Super 2 situation is really confounded as it's written. We don't know the exact dates. We don't know just when things can happen. It's all a moving target. So we don't know. We can just give our best guess. But if you look at it through that lens, if you think about it the way that we've always thought about the moves that Nick Crawl has been forced to make, it, the picture gets at least a little bit clearer for me, I think, Jeff, in why we're waiting or why they're waiting, why the Reds are waiting like, as you, we don't play for the Reds. Sorry, right. um, but it, it doesn't make it any easier and it doesn't allow me to be any more patient because I'm with you. I want to see these guys right now.
1: Well, the, the, the most frustrating thing is we are seeing glimpses of what this team could look like whenever the window does open. And we then see a game where they just get clobber and we're like, okay, obviously they're not there yet, but we're seeing the glimpses and it feels like they're managing this whole roster situation not to lose rather than to win. I feel like they should, they should look at what they did in the series with the Mets. They should look at where they are right now in the season in relation to a year when we thought they were all in to try to make the playoffs. And the fact that they're just as close to the division lead now as they were in 2021. And with all of that, they need to start making the right moves and, and call some guys up. And i tell you what, Steve, let, let's focus more in on today because we are going down, uh, we're going to see the Reds go down to Miami and take on the Marlins, and they're facing a dude making his rookie debut. As most Reds fans would say, that's probably a recipe for disaster, but we're going to get an inside scouting report from our man, Lindsey Crosby from Lockdown MLB Prospects, on just how the Reds could attack Yuri Perez And why the Reds might struggle against Yuri Perez. That's coming up here in just a moment. Before I tell you about that, though, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors today, and that is So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game that you can play at SoRare.com slash locked on for free. You can go there, you can set up your team, you get to pick your players, and, and it's all based on digital Uh, a baseball player cards from every player on all 30 MLB teams. And what happens is when you pick these cards, you keep them, they're yours. The, the team that you pick stays your team for as long as you want it to be. You can get a free swap each day. If you've got a guy who went on the IL, or if you've got a guy who's struggling, you can swap free with some other different players of the position of your choice And you get the chance to really build a team and win some epic prizes. So rare offers you the chance to win game tickets, offers you the chance to win VIP experiences where you could even meet players, uh, of major league baseball. So check it out today. It's so rare.com and slash locked on to get started playing for free. So rare game weeks last three to four days. There's two, a week as we look at the first half of the week and then the weekend slate of games and those who finish at or near the top, get in the prizes, check them out today. It's so rare.com that's S O R A R E.com slash locked on to get started for free today. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day. Every day is coming up on Monday. We are going to recap this Miami series, and we'll just continue to uh, look at what's going on in Louisville because, my goodness, they are on Fire, I'm talking about Ellie De La Cruz, Christian Encarnacion, Matt McClain, Andrew Abbott is on fire. There's a lot of guys that are really getting us all excited down in Louisville. And as the Reds head down to Miami, you can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. It's on the SXM app and search Reds. All right, Steve, coming up, we've got this series with Miami and it feels like over the last couple of years, even as the Reds have been in a little bit of flux, they seem to play pretty well against the Marlins. They, they, they're able to kind of not necessarily make hay against them, but this is always a competitive series for the Reds. And while the Reds just got done beating up on the $450 million New York Mets, the Marlins also have some designs on maybe sneaking into a wild card game. So a lot of people would look on paper and say the Marlins outmatched the Reds here a little bit, but I'm kind of excited to see what the Reds can do.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, you hit on my fears right there as we went into the break, you know, they're facing a rookie pitcher making his major league (laughs) debut as a the Cincinnati sports fan in me as a longtime Cincinnati sports fan. I think I can speak on behalf of all of us when I say we're all expecting Perez to go out and throw a no hitter tonight that's just yeah. the way that's the way it goes right that's what always yeah. happens backup quarterback plays the Bengals, throws for 500 yards uh, a rookie starting pitcher faces the reds
1: you know he suddenly got cy young votes that's just the way it goes right oh my gosh are we getting tj yates here today i don't want to no i, I don't I, want to do that um i tell you what though we had i had the chance to sit down with lindsey crosby and talk about yuri perez because dude making his major league debut i i just thought i'm like man our locked on MOV prospects guy knows what's up, and uh, he kind of broke down what we can expect to see from the 20-year-old uh, phenom that the Marlins are calling up for tonight's game. What we thought for tonight's matchup between the Reds and the Marlins, where the Reds are going to face a rookie pitcher making his debut. I mean, he literally just got called up. It's Yuri Perez, it's the Reds, and it's Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MLB Prospects as we get the inside scoop because we've seen some top prospects called up by other teams this year. Bryce Miller is absolutely setting the world on fire for the Seattle Mariners. And Yuri Perez... Is he on that level? I know that he is their top pitching prospect in in Miami, but is he on the level of Bryce Miller or something like that? So going into
2: the season, I actually had him higher on my list than I did Bryce Miller. To me, Yuri Perez is probably a top five pitching prospect in baseball. And it's a combination of the stuff just being very good. I mean, it's three pitches that are at least plus and there's debate on the fourth one as well as the package they come out of. He is a tall king, 6'8", 220. So everything involved with these pitches that are already hard to hit on their own comes out of a very unusual uh, release point, very unusual slot, and a really steep angle to the plate that just makes it even harder. So uh, I have him as a top five pitching prospect in all of baseball uh, and probably a top 10 to 15 prospect, just period, in baseball.
1: Jeez, six eight, like the former Red Logan Andrusic would be like, dude, you're tall. Um, <laughs> looking at this matchup, I know that the Reds have been a strange hitting team. They're very productive at getting guys on, getting them over, and getting them in. But as far as power goes, there's not really anybody that scares you. There's nobody that's going to change the game on one swing of the bat on a consistent basis. How does a, a guy like Yuri Perez, how does he attack the Reds' lineup?
2: Okay, so for Yuri Perez, everything kind of uh, it, it centers around the fastball changeup combo. So the fastball is legitimately a 70-grade fastball. It is very good. Sits 97, he can touch 100 with it, and he did a lot of work last year to make it very effective up in the zone. So he can control it up in the zone very well, and because of the angle and because of how much. Uh, induced vertical break he can put on it. It almost looks like it's it's uh, come, It's come. rising as it comes towards the plate. Uh, so he's going to use that. And the goal of the fastball is to get you to uh, speed up your bat for the fastball so he can fool you with a changeup. Uh, changeup is also a 70-grade pitch. sits in the upper 80s. I've seen them as high as 91. But uh, 61% swing and miss in the minors last year on that changeup. Wow. <laughs> yeah, deadly one-two combination. Uh, he taught himself a slider last year. It's a plus pitch, sits in the mid-80s. Tighter breaking pitch, not like one of those big sweepers, but he has that, and then he has a curveball that two-plane break, it's kind of a spike curveball. He loves to throw it early in, in the at-bat to try to steal a strike, and then after that, just enough to make you think about that curveball darting down, he'll start breaking out fastballs up. So Mm. going to, like I said, the the curveball is going to be exclusively early. The changeup, he really likes that against lefties, whereas the slider is kind of what he replaces it with against righties. And then the fastball up in the zone is going to be probably his put away pitch and something he throws quite a bit.
1: So he is the king of stuff. If you're the Reds lineup, if you're a hitter in the Reds lineup, where, where are the gaps in the armor? How can the Reds attack him and, and get some runs on the board? You're going to be looking for curveballs early in the count. And then after that, you're really your
2: only chance is to sit fastball. Once he gets a strike on you, uh, typically that's when the curveball is kind of eliminated. Based on the handedness, you're going to know if you're a lefty, it's going to be fastball changeup. If you're a righty, for the most part, it's going to be fastball slider. Mm-hmm. And so your best bet is to sit on that fastball because when in doubt that's what he's going to throw. I wouldn't be surprised if this outing is 50% fastballs whereas typically in a matchup it's a little more distributed. We've just noticed rookie pitchers in their first outings tend to go to the fastball a lot. So it feels like if you don't get if you don't ambush an early curveball, you want to sit fastball.
1: Well, it's going to be an interesting matchup tonight. Yuri Perez makes sense. Why the, uh, like looking back on the off season where the Marlins traded Pablo Lopez, you're like, man, that's a really good pitcher to get rid of. And looks like they got a really good pitcher coming up behind him. So going to be a tough matchup for the Reds. Uh, Lindsay, I appreciate you coming on and kind of giving us a breakdown. Thanks for having me. We
2: will uh, break down this entire outing, good or bad next week on Locked on MLB Prospects. So if you're, if you're a Reds fan and uh, and you win this game and you beat Yuri Perez around, come take your victory lap. Unlock the MLB prospects on Monday.
1: And coming up here soon, I think we need to have a discussion on just how many prospects the Reds can call up at one time. Because oh my gosh,
2: there's so many, and there's so many different places you could put them. And so it's really, it's an interesting little puzzle to try to figure out.
1: Seeing if I could set that conversation up for next week, because I mean, that's really what everybody's thinking about is these prospects, but it's going to be interesting to watch a dude like Yuri Perez pitch tonight. I mean, he's huge six, eight, like good Lord. And, and the key there, if you heard what Lindsay was saying is
3: that he's going to throw 50% fastballs. So what the reds hitters are going to have to do is basically what the league has been trying to do to Nick Lodolo of late, which is sit back, be patient, not fall for that breaking stuff that's on the on the corners or out of the zone. Not chase and look ugly, but just sit back, relax, and pick your fastball and try and drive it. And I think the Reds hitters have shown us enough of late that they have the patience to do that. So this could be a pretty successful night. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go bonkers and predict some big huge high run scoring game but i do think in this particular scenario the way that the reds hitters are playing right now they can find success against a young pitcher
1: that's going to throw fastballs every other pitch and something that the reds lineup has done very well Pretty much all season long is get on base, so I'm hoping that they can draw some long at bats against Yuri Perez here, and and, and maybe even get on base a lot and and, and score a couple of runs. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, though. All right, let's get into our favorite part of the show, where you're going
3: to put the live viewers in the driver's seat that are here in the comment section. We're going to get through as much of these as we can. We're going to do this uh, Aloha Friday style, Jeff, where we're going to do this uh, for the rest of this segment and the next we'll do an audio wrap and then we'll just keep on keeping on for a while. Uh, The rest of that will be a bonus episode in the audio feed. And for the YouTube people, when we do that audio wrap, do not go away because we are going to keep right on going with your questions Mm -hmm. and comments. Let's get through a few of these before we start talking. There's 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 a theme that developed right out of the gate. Uh, David S. checks in and says, uh, with the call-ups of the young trio, the Reds could win the really bad Central Division, just like you said, Jeff. Uh, CES, McLean, and Ellie, their time is now. Nick checks in and says, bring the young guns up. The fight of this team would be have a chance to win. I agree. Joseph Gadita 100% agrees. Let's see the kids. It can't hurt. It can't hurt, Jeff. You know, this is this is the theme. Everybody wants to see these these prospects. Now, there's a little bit later in the comments we'll get to. They Reds have been really starting to present this group of hitters as a trio, as a group. Do you foresee that we're gonna do something like that? Or, I mean, it seems to me it's more beneficial for the Reds if they break it up at least a little bit, right? One home series, you get Matt McClain. The next home series, you get Ellie De La Cruz. The home series after that, you get CES. And you can sprinkle in an Andrew Abbott somewhere along the way as well in order to drive more attendance, right? If you bring them all up at once, everybody comes out for that home series and then the new shiny wears off and it's just business as usual.
1: I think so. I think... I don't know. Like if, if you're going to slow play it, I think the only reason that you would do that is if you just have so many guys at the major league level that are going crazy. Like right now I could conceivably put Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz and CES in this lineup right now and, and, and move some guys around and make it all work. And then especially with the rotation, I mean, yesterday, notwithstanding the the shutout, like I kept thinking, I'm like, why aren't we throwing one of the prospects out here? And I think that that's going to be probably, Worth a good conversation coming up here next.
3: Yeah, uh, Jared on vinyl was the one I saw. I had been I was scrolling the comments while you were talking to Lindsay, and uh, Jared on vinyl says they're marketing Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, and CES as a trio a lot over the past couple weeks. Uh, maybe they want to wait and bring up all three. So we're gonna dig through some more of this prospect situation and really talk about what we think could happen with the call-ups, plus whatever else you guys want to talk about as we continue to bring this thing home today. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you about one more sponsor of today's podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Game Time. Uh, the Game Time app allows you to snag tickets without the stress. Uh, a lot of times, I don't know uh, what's going on in a city when I get to it until I'm there and I hear an ad on the radio or see something something and then wonder if tickets are available well with the game time app you can get great deals not only on baseball tickets but concert tickets theater comedy shows whatever it is you're looking to attend game time has it for you and the best part about it is you're going to get these tickets at a great deal here's an example Uh, you guys all know i went out to san diego for the reds padre series i went on that trip without a ticket in hand uh, I walked around the gas lamp district, wandered, uh, all of the taco stands, as you saw from my Twitter feed. And then when it got close to game time, I jumped on the game time app, pulled up tickets and you all saw my seats that first night at Petco. I was only uh, a few rows off of, uh, the front of the seating section in the lower bowl down the third baseline, basically right behind the reds dugout. I got those tickets for over half price. Off of what you would pay ordering them through the team. That's the kind of thing that Game Time app can do for you. Uh, if you want to get in on the savings, all you got to do is download the Game Time app, create an account. And when you do that, if you use the promo code locked on MLB, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. So, in addition to all the money you're going to save, you're going to get $20 off on top of that uh, it's really easy to use uh, i've used it several times now i used it in cincinnati during the opening day weekend uh, to get tickets and i also used it out in san diego i've had no problems it's perfectly safe perfectly secure and you get a great deal so again download that game time app today create your account use the promo code locked on mlb to save 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again just create that recount Create that account and redeem the code locked on MLB to save 20 bucks. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Thanks so much for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. Uh, you can follow us between shows, follow us on Twitter. You can follow Jeff, he's at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. It's spelled with two F's. That's correct. I'm not making up extra letters like Jeff Carr does. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, make sure you check out the hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. All you have to do is download the SiriusXM app and search the word Reds. All right, Jeffrey, let's get right back into this again. For the audio listeners, we're going to do this segment and then we will wrap. And the rest of it will be a bonus episode for you a little bit later today. For the YouTube folks, stay right here when we do the wrap because we're going to keep on keeping on. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this prospect trio, Jeff. Yeah. And, and because we, we, we're we losing sight of Andrew Abbott as well. We talk about Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, CES, and the excitement of, of what they're doing, hitting dingers, pop-ups that are flying 10 rows into the seats, you know, Matt McClain being 0% scared of one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, you know, facing the dude from the guardians. Uh, they just Gavin keep Williams, on keeping yeah, on. Yeah. Him. But Andrew Abbott has also been called up to triple a and is just lights out as well.
1: Hasn't missed a beat. And I was, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. He's making triple a look like double a, he made double a look like single a, he made single a look like high school. Like dude just look, makes it look easy. And I really think that as he continues to pitch, he probably should be the first pitcher to be called up. If if they're going to, you know, kind of wait on Williamson. I know he did just have a pretty nice start the other day. I think he had seven strikeouts to one walk in his most recent start. So you love to see that. You want to see more of that from him. But overall, like Andrew Abbott has been just a picture of consistency, whether he pitches in Chattanooga or Louisville. So I'm excited to see that and, and kind of more on the, on the trio, Um, they absolutely crushed on Thursday. All three of them hit a home run. Matt McClain was a triple shy of getting his second cycle inside a week, like just making triple A pitchers look ridiculous all three of them are. And, and Ellie de la Cruz, we keep saying the pop up home run. If you watch this replay, and if you didn't get a chance to see it, he kind of reaches out a little bit, extends his arm for the swing, hits a pitch that's low and away. And he looks at it and he's like, man, like he sees it fly. And he's like, ah, man, I missed that. He even kind of carried the bat with him a little bit down the first baseline. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I'll save the bat boy the trip and I'll bring this back with me to the dugout. And then the thing floated to the eighth row of the left field seats. Like it wasn't a cheap shot. It wasn't something that barely cleared the wall. Like he floated that thing so far. And and as many people have said, Louisville is not great. American ballpark Louisville actually kind of plays big. It doesn't play small. So can you imagine like he's going to hit pop-ups that hit the bleachers in great American. You know, I'm usually good for one
3: ridiculously hot, hot take per episode, and here is my ridiculously hot, hot take with Ellie De La Cruz. At some point in time, he's going to hit a home run into the river, but he's going to be the first guy to do it on the fly. Mm -hmm. Everybody else has bounced it off the road, or Barry Larkin Way, as it's now called, if I'm right about where that section of the roadway is. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz is going to hit one in the river on the fly uh, because the way that the ball carries for him, multiplied by the park effects at great American ballpark. I I think it's really possible. I think he could do it.
1: Yeah. Ellie's got the power CES. I mean, he hit a monster shot 471 feet on Thursday night. Just these guys, like we talk about this and I was looking up and down that Mets lineup there in the rubber match of game three. And it's like, what guy in that Mets lineup couldn't hit third or fourth on the reds lineup right now. And then if you look at the reds lineup and try to put any one of those, which guys crack the Mets lineup at all, like India, Stevenson, maybe, maybe Friedel. Like I I think you look at those guys and you say, man, this is where we could really take a step forward when we call up CES and Ellie de la Cruz and Matt McClain, because you're going to add pop to this lineup immediately.
3: Let's start this conversation and then we will wrap the audio feed and then keep going. But let's start this conversation before we wrap up. Jonathan Lynn asks a question. And while I don't agree with the, what he's saying here, it, prompts a larger conversation uh jonathan says he's an everydayer here uh designate for assignment newman and myers to call up McLean and ces Uh, i can't envision that that's the route they'll go to make room jeff but it it asks the larger question we want to add these guys who's going away in order to add these players to the active roster
1: I think Newman's at the top of the list. I think then you also look at the fact, and and the interesting thing about this is you don't have to DFA Kevin Newman. He actually has options. You could send Mm -hmm. him down to AAA, willy-nilly, no problem. So you can send him down. You can send Barrero down, and you could send... and maybe you like you make a trade or maybe you send Stuart Fairchild down or something like that. He did have a double on uh, Thursday's game, so that was nice to see, but largely he's kind of struggled this season as opposed to what he showed us in September of last year. So I think overall you could look at this and say there's three very easy picks to make these guys part of the roster. And make no mistake about it, once they come up, they're going to play a lot. So the one that everybody's thinking of, well, Spencer Steer's been playing first base, how could you call up CES? Well, then you move Steer around. We, we talked about this. The best role for Spencer Steer when this team's window is open is he plays the Ben Zobrist role. He plays the Chris Bryant role where he doesn't necessarily have a position. He plays a little bit of corner infield, a little bit of corner outfield, a little bit of DH. He can play second base. He can, you know, he can move around to those different spots. So I, I really think that you're not going to lose at-bats for Spencer Steer by calling up Christian Encarnacion Strand, and for folks that are worried about Joey Votto, let's have him start a rehab assignment before I even start worrying about exactly when he's going to be in the lineup.
3: Well, I think and here's something you don't hear very often, Jeff. I think you're on the right track. I have some thoughts that I'm going to get into right after you do the
1: wrap for the audio feed. And before we wrap up, I want to let you know one more time. You can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Reds. But that's where we're going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast for the audio feed. Everybody on YouTube, make sure you hang on because we are jumping into the all questions and comments section that uh, you get to drive the ship and we're not exactly sure as to how long we're going to go today because it's going to be a while. So make sure you hang on with us. But for those of you on the audio feed, thanks so much for checking us out. Now make sure you go check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast as Matt and Dom have you covered every single day with their analysis on starts, sits, ads, drops, trades, all that great stuff. Because locked on fantasy baseball is just like locked on reds we're all part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and we're free and available on all podcasting platforms and you can trust us to be locked on reds every single day hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad
0: free on amazon music download the amazon music app today